0: All right, well, let's go to the Word of God. If you want to take out your sermon, no cheat. You'll find that inside your bulletin. It'll help you better follow along. I think it's safe to assume that I think most of us know the Easter story fairly well. I mean, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, He was laid in the tomb, and He rose again on the third day. I think most of us are even aware of the importance of it all that through faith in Jesus, our sins could be forgiven. And we can receive the free gift of eternal life. And we talk about all the time here at Hope Fellowship that eternal life is more than just a ticket to heaven. It's certainly a ticket to heaven, but eternal life by definition is this, it's a personal relationship with the God of the universe. So eternal life doesn't start when you get to heaven, it starts the moment you put your faith in Jesus. And so that's the importance of Easter. But do you understand the significance of Easter? what it means on a day in and day out basis in your life as someone who has a relationship with Jesus. You see, the significance of Easter can be summed up with just one word. It's the word hope. If you put your faith in Jesus, can I tell you, you are never, ever, 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 ever without hope. No matter what you may face in this life, no matter what disappointments may come your way, no matter what problems and trials and even your failures that you go through, you are never without hope as a follower of Jesus. Listen, even when it comes to your own death, no matter what this life can throw at you, if you have Jesus in your life, here's what I want you to know, you're going to be okay. That's That's the practical application behind why we celebrate Easter. Because for the Christian, it's never say die. That's right. You're never without hope. I want to take you to a story in the Bible found in John chapter 11 that teaches us this very thing. Now, it's a very famous story. It's the story of when Jesus, just prior to his own death and resurrection, raised his good friend Lazarus from the dead. In this story, Jesus says some of the most famous words that you will find anywhere in the pages of Scripture. Notice what he says in verse 25 here, John chapter 11. Jesus said in this story, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Did you catch that? Never say die. If you have Jesus, never say die will never die. Now before we get into the story, perhaps you can relate to some of these questions. Does God even hear my prayers? Does God really love me? Where was he when I needed his help? Why didn't he stop that from happening in my life? Does my God even care about me? Well, Martha and Mary, the two sisters of Lazarus, were asking these very same questions in our story today. It all begins this way. Let's start reading John chapter 11, verse 1. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them With her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, He stayed where he was for the next two days. Now, there's a couple of things I want to draw your attention to as we make our way through this story. The first thing I want to draw your attention to is the problem. What's the problem? Well, Lazarus was very sick. So sick that Martha and Mary realized, look, if we don't find Jesus fast, Lazarus is going to die. Now, what's implied in the text is this was a sudden illness. We're not told what it is. Could have been the flu, could have been a stroke, it could have been a heart attack. We don't know. All we know is this was a very sudden illness. It took them all by surprise. And so they do what so many of us do when life catches us by surprise. You know what happens? We run to Jesus, amen? Amen. And so that's what they do. They know that Jesus is just a couple of days journey away. And so they send a message to Jesus and says, look, you've got to come. Your dear friend Lazarus is sick. The one you love, come quick, hurry. Understand there's no text, texting. There's no phone calls. There's none of that technology. You got to go by foot to get a message if somebody's a couple of days away. And so I want you to understand Lazarus and his sisters, are very close personal friends of Jesus. Anytime Jesus would visit Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples would stay at Lazarus' house. Lazarus lived in a community called Bethany. It was less than two miles away from Jerusalem. And so that's where Jesus would park. Every time he'd come, every time the disciples would come. So understand, Mary and Martha realize what they have in Jesus. They've seen him heal lots of people from sickness. They've seen him heal whole towns of sickness. And get this, since they're a part of his inner circle, since they know Jesus personally, they take advantage of that relationship. They know that Jesus can heal their brother. There is absolutely no doubt in their mind about that. So they send the message to Jesus. Jesus, you got to come quick. You've got no time to waste. Hurry. That's the problem. So I want you to understand the problem is urgent. Time is running out. Jesus needs to get there before it's too late. Now that leads us to the second thing in the story that I want to draw your attention to. Let's call this the promise. When Jesus gets the message, he doesn't run towards Bethany. He actually makes a promise first. Look what it says, back to verse 4 once again. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So understand, Jesus is not saying that Lazarus won't die. But what he's saying is that his sickness will not end in death. And as we're about to see, Lazarus indeed is about to die. But we're also going to see that he doesn't stay dead. What I want you to get is Jesus has a plan for his sickness. And it's going to be used to reveal the glory and power of God about who Jesus is. God's going to use the situation as a witness to the world about the power of Jesus. Now I want you to stop and think about that for a second. God allows his friends, his children, people that he loves to go through some trials and tribulations so that he can use their life to be a witness to the world about the power of Jesus. See, I think what most of us think about God using us to be a witness for the world, that, that we're like, oh God, that's awesome. Rarely do we think about the fact that our greatest testimonies in life are the areas that God will witness through us the most won't come through our strengths, but rather our weaknesses yes. and our trials and tribulations and problems. And get this, even our failures, our disappointments, Maybe our unmet expectations. Why? Well, because it's in those moments that God proves his power to us. It's in those moments that God does a deep work in us. And it's in those moments that he prepares us. And I'm not saying it's easy. Trials are hard. Problems are hard. Tribulations are hard. But it may just be that God is preparing you for a resurrection in your life somehow. Something so powerful that people are going to look at you and say, how did that happen? You're going to say, but God. But. Lazarus will die, but his sickness will not end in death. Because know when it's all said and done that God's going to get the glory and people are going to know more about Jesus. So think about this. Jesus knows the plan for the problem. Can I say that to you this morning? I don't know what you're going through, but Jesus has a plan for your problem. Jesus has a plan for your hurt. Mm -hmm. Jesus has a plan for your situation. (coughs) Jesus has a plan for your trial. Jesus even has a plan for your failure. Jesus has a plan for Lazarus and Mary and Martha, but they don't know it yet. All they know is there's a problem. But think about it. There's hope for Mary and Martha because they know Jesus and surely he's going to come for his dear friend, Lazarus. But we're told that Jesus did not come right away. Instead, he stayed where he was two more days. Look at it. Verse five, such a powerful verse. So although Jesus, what's the word? Loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Listen, don't ever make the mistake of thinking that just because Jesus didn't answer your request in your timing or the way that you would have liked that he doesn't love you. Oh, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. It just means he has another plan for your life. Using your life somehow, some way to reveal his glory and power to the world through you. Do you understand that's the hope of Easter? That's the hope of having a personal relationship with Jesus? Jesus loves me and he's got a plan. I don't understand, but he's never going to let me down. He's going to come through because for me, having Jesus in my life means never say die. That's right. Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, even though he didn't come right away. Can I tell you the same thing? Jesus may has not showed up in your life yet the way you were hoping, but Jesus loves you. And he hasn't forgotten about you. And he's got a plan for you. Well, days come and go. Mary and Martha are looking on the horizon. Is he here yet? And still know Jesus. And as the days go by, Lazarus gets worse and worse and still know Jesus. And then Lazarus dies. And get this still know Jesus. And so Jesus not showing up on time leads to a complaint from Martha and Mary. When Jesus finally does arrive, he's told, hey, Lazarus has already been dead for four days. Now that, that, that number four is really important there. Four days is so important to the story. The Bible doesn't teach this, but this was Jewish thinking and, kind of their, their tradition and thought of the day. They believed, the Jewish people did, that when you died, your spirit hung around your body for three days, and on the fourth day, it would go on to heaven to be with God. So get this, without a doubt in their Jewish minds, Jesus is too late. In fact, he is one day too late. And so when Martha greets Jesus, finally, there's Jesus on the horizon, and she goes up to Jesus and says, this is, this is what she says, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. <laughs> have you ever been there with God? Be honest. <laughs> but God, I asked, and you didn't answer. I dreamed, and it didn't happen. I prayed, and they didn't get better. In fact, I prayed, and they died. I was thinking about that. Six years ago, I lost my mom to cancer, and she was a godly woman, and we prayed and we believed, but the Lord took her home. She died. Jesus, where are you? Where were you? That's what these two sisters in their sorrow are saying to Jesus. In fact, Mary, the other sister, is so distressed that she doesn't even come out of the house to greet Jesus. Jesus. You ever been so depressed? It's like, I need to pray, but I just, I'm just so depressed. I need to read my Bible, but I'm just so depressed. I need, I need to go to church, but I just feel so depressed. That's where Mary is in the story. And the question is, will Jesus have anything to say in response to this? Well, he does. Look at verse 24. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Now, you need to understand, Martha understood her Bible very well. Martha went to Sunday school growing up. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the Old Testament scriptures tell us at the end of time, when Jesus comes back, all the dead will be raised to life in bodily form. Some to eternal life and some to eternal death. Some will spend eternity with God and some will not. That is spoken about all throughout the Old Testament scriptures. And so Martha affirms her understanding of that fact that Jesus, she knew her Bible well. Well, in response, Jesus says those famous words that we've already talked about. Once again, look at this. Verse 21, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Yeah. Do you believe this, Martha? That is one of the greatest questions that you'll find anywhere in the Bible. Do you believe this? Can I say that to you this morning as a child of God? Do you believe this? Think about this. Understand, Jesus asked this question to a grieving sister at a funeral. He asked this question four days too late. Now Jesus has the audacity to say at this moment, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this, Martha? And in her grief, Martha says, verse 27, Yes, Lord. She told him, I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. How many know you can still have faith and still be distraught at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And still not understand what God's up to? That's where she's at. It's a statement of faith, even in her grief. She has no doubts that Jesus is the Son of God. And the stage is now set for an amazing miracle. And so Jesus says, Hey, Martha, I want you to go get your sister so Martha goes back to the house and she gets Mary. And look look what it says in verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. So she, she still believes he is who he is. And she said, watch the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to be read, but that's the way I read it in my mind. <laughs> what I do know is she has the same complaint that her sister Martha did. Jesus, where were you? You're you're, you're one day too late. Do you understand? They believe that he can raise the dead. They've already seen it. But according to the Jewish mind, he's one day too late. Now, I love Jesus's response because I'm going to say this right now. Jesus doesn't mind your complaints and he doesn't mind your questioning.
1: That's right,
0: teaching. He understands your butt dust. He doesn't blast Martha. He doesn't blast mary for her complaint instead look what we're told in verse 33 it says when jesus saw her weeping he do a whole sermon off that right there and the jews who came along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled where have you laid him he asked come and see lord they replied in verse 35, this is the shortest verse in the entire Bible. Yes. And it's so powerful and so simple. And you want to talk about a God that enters your world. Think about this. Jesus wept. Yes. I think that's, this tells us something about Jesus. Here's what I think it tells us. Jesus meets his friends in their sorrow. He enters into it with them he feels their pain he feels for them and with them he feels the sting of death just like they do the difference between jesus and them is jesus can do something about it now let me help you understand how a jewish funeral would work what would happen in jewish culture is when you would lose a loved one you would immediately take their body you would wrap it in linen and then you would put it in a tomb and the, the the tomb would be open for three days And what would happen is your friends and family, when they got word, they would come and bring spices to put on top of the dead body for the burial. So it's kind of like you and I going to a funeral. It's you and I bringing flowers to the grave. This was the tradition. And then what would happen is after the third day, they would put the stone in front of the tomb. They would let the body decay. They would eventually go back, clear the bones, and put it in a box called an ossuary, put it in the side in the tomb, and then the slab in the tomb would be ready for the next family member. So a lot of your family would be buried in the same tomb. That's kind of how this whole thing went. In fact, we see this tradition somewhat played out on Easter morning. Do you remember when the women went to the tomb on Easter morning? Okay. Do you know what they were going to do? Not to find a resurrected Lord. They, had, they didn't realize that was going to happen. They were going as tradition to bring spices to anoint Jesus's body. So what would happen is the tomb would be open for three days and friends and family would come from all around. And they would spend the entire week with you, not just the three days. They would sit with you, they would mourn with you, they'd be at your house. And understand, if you understand scripture right, Lazarus wasn't just a normal person in Jerusalem, he was a well-known person. I mean, this is this is like, like the this is this is somebody famous. And so everybody who's who's who in Jerusalem and his family is at that house mourning. And so when they go to this tomb, I want you to understand, it's not just Mary and Martha and Jesus, it is Mary, Martha, and Jesus, and half of Jerusalem, who are now at this tomb. And they get there, and Jesus is staring at the tomb, and Jesus says, I want you to move the stone. And you know what they say, but Lord, that's not a good idea. His body stinks by now. You know what that's saying? The body's already been decayed enough by now. I don't know if you know this, but we don't really see this in our, our modern world with embalming people right away. But the human body decays really fast. And so they're saying, Jesus, it's a little too late for that. We open that tomb. It's going to stink. It's going to be ugly. But Jesus insists, roll that stone away. And it says this in verse 41, they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. What is God trying to witness through your life? That they will believe the God who you have in your life. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus. Come out. Now, let me help you understand something. In the original Greek language, I know it says shouted here or it, translated, it. it's emphatic. So, this isn't just Lazarus come out. It's
1: Lazarus come out! Yeah.
0: Now, you're going to help me with this. Because yeah. I envisioned that it had a lot more thunder behind it. It's the voice of God, right? Yeah. So, on a count of three, I want you to shout Lazarus come out. Ready? One, two, three. Lazarus come out! Uh, you can do better than that. Ready? One, two, three. Lazarus, come out! Jesus said that with thunder. <laughs> and it says in verse 44, And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. Woo! It is an absolutely amazing miracle. And do you know what it proves? Jesus indeed has power over life and death. Can I just say this? Jesus not only has power over life and death, but Jesus has power over trials and tribulations and failures and disappointments and hurt and abuse. Think about this story for a second. When Jesus gives that command, somewhere in heaven, Lazarus hears that command. And I guarantee you, he did not want to come back. (laughs) Think about it. He's healed. He's happy in a world without sin and problems and sorrow and death. Now, this is not said in the text, but maybe he's having lunch already with Moses (laughs) and Noah and Adam and Eve. Maybe he's running around the throne of God. Maybe he's just having a good time. And all of a sudden Jesus gives this command and he has to go back into this broken world into a body that he just left because God has a plan to display his power through his life. So the spirit of Lazarus descended from heaven and entered into the body that it had left and he walks right out of that tomb Alive and healed in fact you realize there's two miracles in this story The biggest miracle is that he was resurrected from the grave The second miracle was that body was already decaying now that body is whole and healed yes. And what does it prove jesus is in complete control yes. Over life and death Even now I say to you jesus is in complete control over life and death <coughs> Over trials and tribulations yes. Over disappointments and sorrows Do you believe that yes do you believe that do you believe that do you believe that after you've been through divorce do you believe that after you've lost your job do you believe that in the trial and tribulation that you're going through right now do you believe this martha now That leads me to the third thing I want you to understand from this story. Let's call this the preview. Listen, the fact that Jesus has complete control over life and death was proved further just a few weeks later when Jesus himself resurrected from the dead on Easter morning. His complete control over death is why we are never without hope as Christians. In fact, it's one of the reasons why we can celebrate even though we mourn at a funeral of another Christian. Because we understand Jesus is the Lord over the living and the dead. And Jesus did this miracle to prove that. And here's the thing. Jesus is going to do this miracle again one day for all those who died with faith in him. So what I want you to understand... Remember when Jesus made that promise in the very beginning, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. That wasn't just a promise for Lazarus. That was a promise for everybody who puts their faith in Jesus. It's prophetic. He's going to do it again For every single person who believed in him yet died. For all those who have put their faith in him for salvation of their sins. This is why Jesus said in this passage, and now it makes sense to you, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Why? Because a Lazarus moment awaits all those who put their faith in Jesus. All those who did what Lazarus did. You say, what did Lazarus do? Lazarus called Jesus his friend. Lazarus called Jesus his savior. Lazarus put his faith in Jesus. And when that happens, Jesus takes responsibility for his friends. He takes responsibility for their trials and their hurts and their failures and even their sins. Do you understand that's what the cross is all about? He died so that our sins could be forgiven. And we could be with him forever. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And he's going to do it for all his friends one day. For all those who have put their faith in Jesus. So understand, once again, the promise wasn't just for Lazarus. It's for all of us. Lazarus' resurrection from from the dead is a preview of what's going to happen in the future. You say, well, when is it going to happen? At the end of time when Jesus comes back again? In fact, the Bible even tells us how it's all going to go down. Let me take you to First Thessalonians chapter 4. We read this, the Apostle Paul saying, I've got these things. You want to know where I learned this? Right from the lips of Jesus Christ himself. And then he says this, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven, watch this, with a commanding shout. Seems like we've heard that somewhere before. But this time the command is going to be so thunderous that all the dead in Christ are going to raise from the grave. She's going to come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Paul gives us a little more insight in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says this, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret, a marvelous secret, a marvelous mystery that was once unknown, but now is known as what he is saying. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. You say, well, why did the dead get to go first? They got six more feet to go. Now, that's not my joke. Commentator, that's in every commentary I read this week. Give credit where credit is due. Now, watch this. We will all be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. And he's quoting from the Old Testament. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God. Oh, I thank God because he picked me up and he turned me around. He gives us victory over sin and death. Let me add in trials and tribulations and hurts through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. That's your future if you have Jesus. Now, think about this. When Jesus comes back again and this all happens, do you understand Lazarus for the second time is going to experience this miracle in his life? Do you understand Lazarus? Poor guy had to die twice. I bet you he wasn't scared to death the second time. I'll tell you that. So when Jesus comes back, Lazarus will be part of this miracle. Once again, the question is, will you be a part of that miracle? See, Jesus asks everyone the very same question that he asked Martha the day of Lazarus's funeral. And what is it? Do you believe this? Not does your family believe this? Not does your church believe this? Not does your grandma believe this? Not does your mom believe this? Not does Pastor Josh believe this? But do you? Believe this. Do you believe what Jesus said about himself, that he's the resurrection and the life, that he has the power to take care of all your sins by what he did on the cross, that he is in charge of death, hell, and the grave, that he has the power over life and death? Do you believe that everyone who believes in him will live even though they die? Yes. Do you understand what we all have in common? One day, unless Jesus comes back, you're going to die. And some of us aren't even going to see it coming. It's going to be so sudden. Everybody dies, but not everybody will face death in the same way. Those in Jesus are going to have eternal life. Yes. Those who found forgiveness of sin through him will be with him forever. Lazarus is one of them. Are you? Now, here's the last thing I want you to understand from this story. Last observation. Let's call this the person. Do you understand eternal life is found? It's a person. It's not a teaching, although there's teachings about it. It's a person. You say, I, I don't understand how it all works. You don't have to understand how it all works. You just need to have Jesus because he understands how it works. Yeah. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave on the cross for you. <laughs> and shed his innocent blood so that your sins could be forgiven and you could be made right with the holy God. It's a person. A lot of us, a lot of people are banking their eternity on the idea, well, I'm a pretty good person. The problem with that is we all grade ourselves on a curve and we think, but if I could just do more good things than bad things, I'm gonna be okay. No, listen, your sin is so expensive before a holy God that one sin, yet alone all of your sins will keep you out of heaven for all eternity. And we don't have what it takes to pay for our sins. A million good works can't make up for one sin, yet alone all your sins. And God knew that and God said, here's the deal, because I'm holy, my justice has to be met. But because I'm love, I'm willing to do it for them. And so what you have on the cross is the justice and the God coming together and the love of God coming together for you. This is why salvation is a free gift. It's not something that you earn. In fact, you hear me say this all the time. God will take you just the way you are. And then he'll work on cleaning you up from the inside out as you worship him and serve him with the rest of your life. He'll take your works and all because that's what God does. So you don't have to go clean yourself up and get ready. God says, I'll take it dirty. I'll take it broken. I'll take you bruised because here's what you need to know about me. When I'm in your life, it's never say die. I'm the God of resurrections. He can bring a resurrection in your emotions. He can bring a resurrection in all areas of your life if you will just allow Jesus into your life.
1: Because...
0: But Jesus, it's never say die. With Jesus, he always has a plan for every one of your problems. I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm not saying you won't go through pain in your life, you will. But the promise is this. I am the resurrection and uh, life. You will never, ever die. The disappointment is never the end. The failure is never the end. The death is never the end because that's what eternal life promises a person. Look at it once again. I am
1: the resurrection
0: of the life. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? This is the hope of Easter. It's not just about eternal life. Oh, that's a big component. It's also about no matter what I go through in this life, it's going to be okay. Because my God's got a plan. And I'm going to allow him to use my life to glorify himself through people are going to look at me and say how did you get and you're going to say I don't know but I have Jesus oh church that's the hope of Easter would you bow your heads with me we're going to worship as we close if you're here this morning or, or maybe you're online and you have never put your faith in Jesus this is where a relationship with God starts Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me Jesus and what he did on the cross by dying for your sins makes you able to be in the presence of God for all eternity. So if you've never put your faith in Jesus for your salvation, if you've never received him into your heart and into your life, this is where eternal life starts. This is where you establish a relationship with God. This is where Jesus comes into your life. It's by you receiving what this free gift that God has given you in, in Jesus? So, if you're here this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're online this morning. You've never given your heart to Jesus, and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. No one looking around? Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me? I see that hand? I see that hand? I see that hand? See that hand. Hands going up all over this place this morning. Maybe you're online. You raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and it's just a prayer of faith. Would you just say this from your heart to God's heart? Christians, if you've already given your life to Jesus, would you pray this with us? Dear God, I come to you today, and I thank you that you love me so much that you would come into this world and enter into the world of pain to save me, to bring resurrection in my life so that I can have eternal life, and you could be in my life forever. I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life today and be my Savior and be my Lord from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. I ask you to help me to serve you from this day forward with all my heart all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listen, let's give the Lord a hand. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, you are worthy to be praised, God. You are worthy to be praised. Listen, that's something worth celebrating. The Bible says even when one person comes to salvation in Christ, the angels throw a party. Amen? Here's what we're going to do. Would you stand with me? We're going to dismiss in just a moment. When we dismiss... Our, our prayer team will be up here. We'd love to pray over any issues in your life. If you gave your heart to Jesus for the very first time, we'd love to pray with you, encourage you in your faith walk. So when we end, come for prayer if you need it. The rest of us, let's worship
1: the Lord one more time. Oh, we're going to thank Him. One into the night, once in a place to the Spirit vagabond I tried with all my might I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting a vagabond and just when I ran out of the road I met a man I didn't know and he told me that I was not alone. What did he do? He picked me up and turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. Do you thank him this morning? Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning. Oh, I'll tell them goodbye like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friends. Burden and bitterness. You just can't keep it moving. Now nah, you ain't welcome here now till i walk streets of gold i'll sing of how you save my soul this way son has found his way back oh he picked me up he turned me around he placed my feet on solid I thank the Savior because He healed my heart, changed my name forever. Free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior because He picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior because He healed my heart, changed my name forever. Free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Oh, I thank God. Oh, I thank God. Oh, I thank God. Oh, I thank God. Oh, let's give Him praise this morning. God, we thank you for Your faithfulness. We thank you for the cross. We thank you, God, for dying for our sins. Thank you, God, for Your Holy Spirit. We thank you and we give you praise this morning. Amen, amen. Happy Easter. We're going to invite our prayer partners to come forward. If you would like to have prayer, if you're giving your heart to the Lord, come up and see one of our prayer partners. Let them pray with you. Let us give you instructions on what the next steps are. We'd love for you to pray. and um, Just get a picture out front as you leave and have a wonderful Easter celebration. Thanks for joining us here at Hope Fellowship. Have a great day.
0: Have a great day
1: place my feet on solid ground i thank the master i think the savior because you heal my heart change my name forever free i'm not the same i think the master i think the savior because you picked me up turn me around place my feet on solid ground i think the master i think the savior because you heal my heart my name, forever free, I'm not the same, I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God, Who oh, I thank God, Who oh, I thank God.